0: And good morning, NASCAR fans. Welcome to Green White Checkered here on ESPN Radio. P.J. Zuko, Brandon Bain here with you once again and and for the final time here in 2021 to take a look back at uh, the the final race, the championship race there at Phoenix and the 2021 season as a whole. Not only that, but look forward to 2022 as well. As before we know it, we'll be in February and kicking off the next, uh, next year's season, not only with the Daytona 500, but also with the Clash in the L.A. Coliseum. And, and before we get to looking forward to all that, let's take a look back at that championship race where, once again, as, as a fantastic race comes to a close and a fantastic season comes to a close, but um, as, as the race winded down and uh, the, the laps kept ticking off, one car, it seemed like, kept getting stronger and, and being able to kind of rise to the top and... At the end of the day, it was Kyle Larson uh, leading the most laps in the race and winning the race there at Phoenix. Uh, now, yeah, worked beautifully there uh, with the last couple pit stops and the last couple of restarts for him to get the win had to fall his way in, in that sort of sense uh, but still Brandon uh, that car looked very strong all day and when he needed it the most his pit crew got him out and he was able to obviously uh, get that strong restart and hold off and pull away from everyone on that last run for Kyle Larson to come home with his 10th win of the year and the championship for twenty twenty one.
1: Yeah, I, I don't think it gets any sweeter than that. I mean, it, keeping up with the sport all season as we do, P.J., I mean, everybody knows Kyle Larson's been the man to beat, and I, I don't think it matters if it was in a NASCAR or if it was in a, a modified or whatever he gets behind the wheel of it. He just has a knack to go out and win. You know, very very similar to what we uh, what we remember about Tony Stewart. Uh, you know, the big, the big thing that I think that you look at when you talk about Kyle Larson, um, you know, is, one, everything he's been through, uh, you know, Coming especially from last year, uh, not you know not racing pretty much a full season and and doing what he needs to do on that end personally, uh, but you know being being out of you know a Cup car for a whole year and then to turn right around and come back in and uh, it's like he never skipped a beat. So it, it definitely says something about his talent. And I mean I think his pairing with Cliff Daniels uh, is going to be uh, very similar to you know the Jeff Gordon Ray Everhams and the uh, Jimmy Johnson Chad Canalses. I I really believe that. It seems like their communication works well. Um, they're able to make the changes during the race based on that communication and the data. And uh, I tell you what, man, that race at Phoenix was just an, an awesome championship race. I mean, all four of those guys gave it their all. All four of them at one point in time looked like they had the best car. But, uh, you know, th- those Hendrick cars had short run, and, and it came down to a shorter run at the end. And as you said, I mean, that pit crew smoked that last stop. And, uh, I mean, just what an all-around great performance by that 5.000 team and and again between those four drivers even from a chase elliott you know fan uh the guy the guy that won the championship deserved to win the championship for sure and uh just dominating season and i can't wait to see what 2022 brings for that team uh and and, you know what what a meaningful championship to rick hendrick as well Uh, we all know what that five that number five means to him and uh you know to see it uh Not only in Victory Lane there, but also coming home with that championship. I'm sure that one meant a lot to him uh you know personally as well so uh just an all around good deal man and uh you know we're gonna we're gonna rack it back up and do it all again here, starting in February.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. And there's, like you said, there's so many things to talk about with uh, the importance of, of this championship victory and the significance of it for Kyle Larson and, and what happened with his career and him, him coming back from that uh, as well, getting that second opportunity, but also making the most of it and, and earning, I think, the second opportunity. It's different if you're just handed it, but um, I, I think he, you know, kind of realized in a, in a very, you know, strong way kind of kind of what happened last year and and took ownership for what he did and and came back from that in a very strong way and again deserved a second chance deserved this ride and went out and, and, you know, made the most of it, and especially, like you said, with the historical significance of that five car, of that pain scheme that they run uh, almost every single week it, it, with with Ricky Hendrick and the, kind of the tribute to that. So, there's so many different uh, special things with this championship uh, the, and, and one of those, of course, how strong he was this year. 10 wins, 2,500 laps led, uh, 20 top fives. Uh, one of the, the most, uh, I think, strong and, and dominant seasons we've seen Um, in in the history of NASCAR. And it was interesting to say that with how this season started out with so many different winners and and things like that. But, uh, yeah, from a single-race perspective, too, did kind of want to get back to that. And uh, like you said... Uh, hendrick cars with that short run speed martin truex finishes second he had more long run speed did lead 72 laps surprised to see denny hamlin didn't lead one lap but looked like he had the strongest car a few different times on the track uh, but still just could never get to that lead and chase elliott he leads 94 laps uh, but a little surprised again but it seemed like the last 3 or 4 weeks he would have strong cars but it seemed like it would it would fade in that last 50 to 75 laps and and that's not something we've seen a lot from this team It's just these last Three or four weeks So th- that was very Interesting to me He fades back to fifth And I will say also I was very surprised Denny Hamlin Went with the inside There on, on that last restart I know it, it would it lined him up Perfectly there Nose to nose With Kyle Larson But people have been Getting such a good run On that outside all day and A little surprised To see Denny Hamlin With such a strong car uh, not, not line up behind Kyle Larson on the outside But get the better run Going into that corner corner
1: Oh, yeah, man. I, you know, I mean, all around, everybody, it seemed like we had a little bit of a different game plan. You know, as we said, those Hendricks had a lot of short run, and uh, Toyota seemed to have the long run figured out, and then, you know, pit stops and untimely cautions and uh, just a lot to make up a good race that changes strategies up and does different things. But I tell you what, at the end of the day, man, uh, just great runs. You know, Elliot, it, it, it's as you said, PJ, it's been hurting me the last, you know, three, four weeks having really strong equipment, putting himself, you know, in position to win, maintaining track position throughout the race and, you know, different things. Um, But just there again, as you said, in the last half, you know, last third of the race, it seemed like they just weren't making the changes to keep up with the rest of the field and the track. So um, maybe a little bit of communication there or maybe just something that they were missing on when they came into those races. But, uh, you know, at the end of the day, good season. Uh, Definitely going to have a lot more championship runs in his future as Kyle Larson. And, uh, you know, I, I just look at it as this, man. NASCAR did such a great job this year, uh, you know, kind of uh, revamping the sport a little bit, building it back up, and, uh, you know, doing some new things, man. Uh, you know, some of them we agree with, some of them we didn't, but they did an amazing job with it. And uh, I'm really excited to see what we're going to do next year. But, you know, uh, getting back to Kyle Larson in that overall season, you know, and as you said, you know, possibly one of the most dominating ever. It's definitely one of the most dominating uh, in quite some time. I mean, to go out and do what he, do what he did, you know, double-digit wins, 10 wins, and you know, 11 if you count that uh, all-star race win there at Texas, and uh, if you look at, you know, just the races that he that he seemed to lead laps in and dominate and just not come home with the win, uh, you know, we, we could be talking about a 13-14 win season for that five car this year, so um, you know, I, I said it Wednesday, rubbing and grubbing up at coaches, it, it reminds me in comparison to my greatest season ever, you know, Jeff Gordon, obviously in 90, 98, uh, you know, 13 wins on a 32 race schedule and then turns around and, uh, you know, 27 top five finishes, 17 in a row, I mean, just, you know, that's absolutely dominating, so uh, especially in today's sport where the equipment's a lot tighter, a lot more guys go out and win as we saw this year, I mean, a lot of guys you know, budded this year and kind of showed what kind of talent they had behind some of this good equipment and these younger younger drivers, so uh, I think the sport's definitely headed in the right direction, man, and uh, I just cannot wait for 2022, I just really hope that but, uh, these cars, uh, this next generation car really race uh, similar to what we have to this one, if not better because uh, last couple seasons it's been great.
0: Yeah, I think so, too. Think so, too, and uh, would, would agree with that. And, yeah, it's it's been a wild season for sure. And and don't know, yeah, don't know what was going on when they were chasing L.A. kind of that last third of the year as it seemed like just the car would fade a little bit. And we've seen um, with, with that connection with Alan Gustafson has been so strong with crew chief and driver over the past few years, of course, winning the championship last year. And don't know if it was the equipment or, or just the communication or, or what, but it seemed like they, they would fade a little bit towards the end of races uh, there in the last uh, kind of quarter of the year and, and you hate to see that uh, at the end of the day though uh, you know some drivers got fade some drivers uh, got a ride to the top there in the last little bit and, and Kyle Larson was able to do just that again a little surprised Denny Hamlin didn't take that outside line but uh, either way him just uh, not able to take control take advantage and I, I think at the end of the day the strongest driver the strongest team and the strongest car out there uh, over the course of the race did Did go out and win there at Phoenix. So can't be mad at it at all. Just kind of everything coming together for this five team to win the championship and get 10 wins. Again, 10 wins, 2,500 laps led, 20 top fives. Uh, Insanely impressive from Kyle Larson, especially that last half of the year. Love what you said earlier, too. Want to bring that back up. This Cliff Daniels-Kyle Larson connection. I think can be so strong. And and, and Cliff Daniels was impressive uh, late in Jimmy Johnson's career as a separation with, with Chad Knauss happened there late in his career. Cliff Daniels took over. Still think he was pretty impressive there those final years with Jimmy Johnson, being able to learn from him and whatnot, and then getting connected with Kyle Larson in this equipment. Just feel like it, it was the perfect uh, match for each other. Their temperament with each other is is so powerful. Perfect. I feel like the way they communicate is really good uh, over the course of a race. If you listen into their communication, uh, there's just so many different things that, like you said, this isn't just a one-year thing. I think with with Cliff Daniels and Kyle Larson and them being so impressive, obviously got to check out this new car uh, with the next-gen car coming and and see how the good they are in it. But man, the, the connection they have, I think, is through the roof. So once again, Kyle Larson wins there at Phoenix last week wins the championship for 2021 and when we come back here on green white checkered we'll take a look back at the entirety of 2021 what what stands out what biggest moments or, or biggest topics uh, kind of stand out to us when we think of this year later in the show we'll talk about what we look forward to in 2022 that's all on green white checkered on ESPN radio and welcome back it's green white checkered here on ESPN radio PJ Zuko here with you Brandon Bain as well as uh, we now take a look back at 2021 and Brandon Brandon And we talked about uh, Kyle Larson, how dominant his season was uh, there, and even chatted about uh, some of the most dominant seasons there in NASCAR history. You bring up uh, Jeff Gordon in the late 90s, how strong he was in a couple of those years. But uh, Brandon, when you think about 2021, what things are going to stick out the most to you? I know there's a number of different things we could talk about. I mean, so many different moments, so many different big situations, controversial moments at road courses and things like that. Uh, You have... The last year, the the Gen 6 car as well, and and sometimes the great racing, fantastic racing we've seen from that car. Sometimes the head-scratching and frustrating racing we've seen from that car as well and some of the packages. But, uh, man, when you think back on on 2021 itself, uh, what's going to pop out to you? What's going to be those first couple things that kind of hit you in the memory bank and, and take you back to 2021?
1: Well, I tell you, you know I think I think a lot of the first-time winners, uh, you know, definitely come to mind this season. I mean, the way we started it out, you know, yeah. fourteen different guys winning those races there through however many first 17, 18 races, you know, uh, just I mean, like I said, the, the sport is so young, and it's something that that we talk about, me and you talk about all the time. PJ is just these kids, these guys. I mean, I'm not gonna young men, men, uh, you know, are out there, man. They're you know average age twenty something, you know, later twenties. I mean, this is a young sport, and these guys want to win. And these sponsors that are paying this money, they pay you to win, man. you got to be a winner. So I, I think it speaks volumes this season to show how far we've come as a sport to be able to, um, <clears throat> you know, equal the playing field somewhat, you know, to show everybody that it doesn't always take, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars to, to get a win. You know, sometimes you do have these Cinderella stories like a Michael McDowell, you know, at the 500 and, you know, Bubba Wallace getting his first win, you know, putting himself in position and, and getting that race win there at Talladega, so I mean it's just so many different things that you look at as what well, how far we've come as a sport since you know, Jimmy Johnson's, you know run there five in a row, where it just seemed like every single week it was the same guys over and over and over um, and we and you still have that, you're always going to have that, but uh, just to be able to see a lot of these young guys go out, and get the first win I thought all around the racing was great, uh, you know, it didn't seem like it mattered where we went, I mean we saw Kyle Larson lead a lot of laps and a lot of mile and a half get stretched out a little bit bit, but always seemed to be some drama, which I liked a lot more emotion and feeling going into this. You know, you kind of got the older guys against the younger guys now and and the racing styles and, uh, you know, just how aggressive you had to be to get these wins and, and, you know, to maintain the track position and everything else that goes along with it. So uh, I think uh, looking back at 2021, to me, it's just going to be a really good season for NASCAR as a whole, as a company, Um, you know, not only for the racing that we've seen, but just the moves that they made as an organization as well to try to better the sport.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and uh, made made some of those changes for sure. Like you said, love that you brought up kind of the first half. It it, it was interesting to see the difference in the halves of the season. The first half, you have all these first-time winners. You have a different winner every single week, I think, for about – 12 or 13 straight weeks and then in the second half of the season it's more of the dominant time right it's it's Kyle Larson uh finding that groove in the five car and dominating the mile and a half winning at road courses winning at short tracks that we've never seen him win at before and being so strong uh, just every single week day in and day out that five car was at the top of the leaderboard or in the top five and you're saying man we knew once they hit their groove they were going to be good but this good I, I, I don't know so uh yeah of course of course, that was huge, but the two halves of the season was kind of big for me. Also, he was so dominant, but the two guys that were so dominant last year were kind of nowhere to be found for, for a large portion of the season. You had Denny Hamlin, who was consistently up front and, and in the top five, top ten, but was also consistently running into issues and running into problems there throughout the first really 2025 races of the year finally gets that first couple wins of the season once we hit the playoffs and looked like he was hitting his stride at the right time couldn't put it all together at Phoenix but then you also have Harvick goes winless for the first time, I think, in over 10 years. And there were several moments as well from him that I thought were, were just very odd and even coming down, culminating, of course, uh, with, with the Chase Elliott feud and, and rivalry, whatever you want to call it. I, I thought that was you know an overreaction. And yeah, we've seen Kevin Harvick get heated before. We've seen Kevin Harvick even kind of go after some people before early in his career. Uh, but to see the, the older uh, should be more tempered in terms of uh, battle tested and things like that. To me, kind of overreact and, and do a little too much, take himself also out of of the championship contention uh, because he was mirror watching, really. Uh, that, that's that's what that was to me. It wasn't him being aggressive, trying to get in the corner. He, he was mirror watching because he knew Chase Elliott was coming up because he had gotten into him earlier in the race. And, and uh, whether that was retaliation or not, and certainly sounded like it was from him after the race. So uh, I, that whole thing was very odd to me and I thought was an overreaction there at Bristol. And I thought, you know, 500 laps at Bristol, that'll get you like that. Uh, he'll he'll be fine as we move later in the season and, and focus on him. Kept focusing on Chase Elliott that ended up being his demise. So uh, that that was that was very interesting and crazy and wild to me. Um, some of these rain situations. Two are going to stick out for me with with nascar and i I will say how nascar again handled uh, the circuit of the americas happy we're going back there hopefully it's not raining but uh, how they kind of handled that how they handled the new hampshire situation with uh, martin truex jr kyle bush getting into the rain and and getting into a wreck there early in the race because honestly nascar was racing at a point they shouldn't have been racing in that sticks out to me as well And, and I will say with all the positive changes that NASCAR has made, I'll take this opportunity to say that's going to stick out to me in 2021 in NASCAR, in those situations, and in situations where you got to call a caution because there's debris on the track there at Indianapolis or the track's not raceable there at Indianapolis and you wait a whole other lap and a whole other wreck for an issue to happen. NASCAR's got to do better with with those types of safety situations and they've done a great job inside the car of safety Uh, but there are several times this year where i felt like they were racing in unsafe conditions and they kept going and there, there was problems every single time, and luckily there was no one hurt or injured in those moments. But NASCAR's got to be better in those moments. And, and uh, for as much as uh, you, you know, you love a sport, you got to be sure to, to check it, and sometimes too. So, uh, I think that's that's one thing they got to get better at. But either way, it was a, a fantastic and great year. Saw a ton of great race and came down to a, a fantastic championship race, where again, the championship winner wins. In the final race of the year, the streak continues there with that. But, Brandon, so much to look forward in 2022 as well. We'll come back, talk about that here on Green White Checkered on ESPN Radio. And welcome back. It's Green White Checkered here on ESPN Radio. The final Green White Checkered here of 2021 and this season. And uh, looking forward to a great season next year. Once again, once we blink our eyes, we'll be back here with it uh, in February of 2022. Getting you ready for the Clash and the Daytona 500 without a doubt. But uh, Brandon took a look back at 2021. Now let's look forward to what we have next. When you think of 2022 and what we're looking forward to, what we can't wait wait for uh, what what are some of those things uh, that are coming up here in february and over the course of next season that you just can't wait to see
1: and I mean looking forward to 2022 I mean there again we're going back we're going to the LA Coliseum man here first time ever you know week week before the super bowl I mean this is going to be a big move for NASCAR you know a lot of eyes a lot of sponsors a lot of people watching that normally wouldn't watch just to, just to kind of go check it out you know so uh, I think it's going to be a great show the unveiling of the you know next gen car that we're getting ready to run and uh, we're just going to see see where the sport goes from here you know I think with the with what NASCAR's doing, um, you know, with, with pretty much manufacturing all the chassis and third parties doing all the parts to where these guys don't have access to build their own parts for these race cars anymore, uh, one, definitely going to save some money, but two, it uh, it kind of ushers in, in a new era. You know, if, if we look at it as fans, PJ, from the time we started watching to what we're watching now, you know, we we went through two, three, four airs in NASCAR, you know, just different style races, different style cars, different style trains tracks um you know and here we are getting ready to to bring in a new one next year so uh you know and there again i mean you know me atlanta man i'm I'm ready for atlanta 28 degree banking and and you know a shorter width on the track and new pavement and new cars and it's going to be exciting man so a lot to look forward to for 2022 uh you know as well as uh more rubbing and grubbing and more green white checkered man
0: yeah, absolutely, Brandon, for sure. I'm, I'm happy you ended off with that because that's something I can't wait for either and and can't wait. Like you said, Blankov and I, we're going to be back here with it talking about uh, all, everything going on with the Clash and the Daytona 500 here in February, and I can't wait to be back here with you as well here on Green, White, Checkered. Brandon Bain and, and PJ Zuko always here with you, and that's, that's how it's going to stay as well. Looking forward to that. But, no, uh, some of those things you mentioned are top of my list as well. Of course, you have the new car and everything that comes with that and i think one one of the big things that I, I can't wait to see is is the competition and how maybe these lower funded teams and smaller teams these one car two car teams how strong are they how how strong does this new car really make them because we we've heard that it should level the playing field a little bit. We've heard that a lot, and I can't wait to see how that's implemented, how that's affected on the track. Do we see more of those winners from those teams? Are they more competitive, or uh, do, do we kind of see these big teams rise to the top once again as well? Um, it it gave the smaller teams the the opportunity. Is it truly the best opportunity for them, and can they take advantage of it with this uh, new next gen car? How is it going to race? How is it? I, I mean, uh, how is it going to be on their rest- stricter plate races as opposed to the short track races, as opposed to the road course races. There's there's so many different questions with this next-gen car that I can't wait to get answers to and especially with those teams as well. Of course, uh, new faces in new places and uh, the, that long laundry list of, of changes for 2022 with, with guys in different places. Can't wait for that. Of course, as always, and you mentioned Atlanta, man, that racetrack is going to be wild to see not only how it races, of course, how the new car races on that, but just uh, the new configuration, new layout and everything, new banking with Atlanta. It's going to be very interesting to see what those changes they've implemented are, are going to do there for their tracking and for the racing there at Atlanta. But uh, for, for one final time, Brandon, wanted to give you a chance to, to sign off here as well as I uh, wanted to thank you also for being on so consistently here through 2022 one and the the two years altogether of of green white checkered thank you for everything that you've you've done for the show here and appreciate you coming on every single week love chatting with you about nascar man can't wait to see you come back and and have you come back here for 2022 as we look forward to another great year and and just thank you for uh, everything that you've done with me here in 2021
1: uh, you know it, PJ, man. Thank now, thank you guys, man, over there at ESPN one oh four three Coastal, man. I tell you you guys do an amazing job, not only with Green White Checkered, but uh all the other shows and everything else you guys got going on over there, man. I'm just I'm uh, proud to be a part of it and as you said, man, I'm I'm ready for February already. I wish there was a, I wish there was a way we could uh, time work forward and, and not lose any time on our lives, man. Sure. But uh yeah, I'm I'm ready for February and man I look forward to it. Ready to uh you know, see what we got to talk about next year, man. See what changes uh, the sport makes and see what guys uh, arise, you know. So, uh, definitely, man, thank you, PJ, for everything you do for me, brother.
0: Okay, man, thank you so much, and it's always a joy to have you on, always a joy to have you here on the show, and uh, we love doing it for sure, and that that's it, that's it, right? Just uh, two guys that just love talking about NASCAR, man, and, and have a lot of fun doing it, and I think that's what it's all about. Thanks uh, to ESPN Coastal and to everyone uh, who, who makes this possible, and thank you to the fans for listening as well for making it possible and engaging with us, listening every single week. We we always appreciate that. And if if people didn't we wouldn't be on. So I uh, appreciate that, and uh, thank thank everyone for who has contributed and who has been a part of, of the show uh, here as well in 2021. But one final time for Brandon Bain, I am PJ Zuko. This has been green white Checkered here on ESPN Radio Coastal every Sunday, 9 to 9.30, during the NASCAR season. We'll be back with you in February. Before you know it, have a fantastic holiday season. Stay safe wherever you go uh, throughout November, December, and January, and we'll be back with you for- the clash and the daytona 500 in 2022 hope you have a fantastic couple months stay safe whatever you do and wherever you go and as always god bless